Stay tuned for the Renewable Energy Hour. Good evening, Mendonesia and the World Wide Web. This is Doug Livingston with the Renewable Energy Hour. Um, well, for the second time in in a month, I am left without a co-host. Alex Alex is is uh, recovering well, but uh, he he was one of our COVID victims um, this past week, um, and his voice is still not up for it, and not not much energy either. But he's recovering, doing well, giggling about it now. But it it did knock him back a little bit. So uh, uh, he's been he was working on getting a guest, uh, which for obvious reasons didn't manage to do uh, on the the gravitational potential energy battery that we mentioned a show or three ago. Uh, and hopefully we'll have them on in in a couple weeks. But in the meantime, since I'm left without a co-host, I'm hoping you, the listeners, can help be my co-host. We're going to do what we did uh, a couple days before Christmas and uh, open up the phone lines from the get-go for uh, listener call-ins. We can talk about some new technology you heard about or talk about your, your... off-grid system upgrade, or I would love to hear from people who are keeping tabs on the potential new set of rules from the California Public Utility Commission and where that stands. I know there's set to do a vote on what could be a horrible uh, impact to rooftop solar in California on the 27th of this month. I would love to get somebody with knowledge on where that stands and if there's anything we can do at this point to put pressure on things to keep them from making the changes that they that the utilities recommended to the Public Utility Commission have largely been recommended by the Public Utility Commission. Um, and they're talking about uh, monthly charges for net metered connected systems, and I can't even call it net metering anymore because net metering meant once upon a time that you got a one-to-one credit for excess kilowatt hours for the price that the power would have been charged to you at the time if you'd consumed that kilowatt hour uh, uh, toward future consumption. So the utility was essentially your battery bank, and so grid-tied people didn't have to have batteries, and batteries are an economic and potentially social and environmental nightmare. Uh, Perhaps getting better, but... uh, but there are issues there. Batteries are not your best friend. Ask any off-grid person. Um, and uh, and if if it goes the way it it's recommended, uh, I'm guessing there won't be any of the most green solar systems going in on residential and commercial rooftops. And uh, we'll we'll see. Perhaps a pickup in battery-based solar grid-tied systems that don't try to net meter at all. They just uh, charge their batteries when there's excess and run off the batteries when there's not and dip into sucking a little from the grid when when the batteries are getting low and there's no sun, but they'll never send it back to the grid. Uh, 
Uh, that's that's what it looked like to me. And worse yet, it looked like they were de-grandfathering the previous rule installed systems. And and some of these would jump back and affect the people who have already installed solar before this rule even got enacted. It would retroactively affect them. I would love to be corrected on that if I was misreading something. So anyone who's in keeping tabs on that. I know there are a number of contractors who listen regularly and are following that probably better than I have. Or perhaps you've got a, you know, troubleshooting problem on your system or you're or you're wondering uh what the options are in the advent of this new rule. Uh, anything in the renewable energy world save me. I I although I may not be able to threaten like I did the last time I had to solo do a call-in show, uh, Christmas music, but maybe I can pull up some Christmas music if nobody calls in. The, it seemed to work last time. We had full lines. Anyhow, 895-2448, if you've got some something in the renewable energy world on your mind and want to talk about it, questions, comments, intrigues, 895-2448. I better cue up that Christmas music. Aha! There's the Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm not prepared to uh, to ramble on for an hour without a little help from from people. Uh, I can be prompted and talk a lot when prompted, but uh, I do not have a specific prepared conversation. Eight nine five two four four eight. And there's somebody rescuing me. I wonder, is that Dave? You're live on the air. Hey. Um, I just thought something about what you were talking about, what your co host was maybe gonna be talking about, just triggered an unrelated idea. Um, I'm super low tech. All I really use is uh those little solar Lucy lights and then I uh have a little radio and uh, portable radio that I run on small batteries. Um, and I catch my own rainwater and have a wood stove and have some oil lamps and candles. That's about it. Anyway, um, but I, it just made me think of walking. And you know how people have those pedometers or whatever? They uh-huh. wear that thing so they can count how many miles they've walked or uh-huh. steps in a day or whatever it is. Anyway, what I was picturing, because I, I think about, you know, scale, you know, and I'm pretty low scale, and maybe homeless people living in their cars would also be, you know, maybe the only lower scale people than me. But it all friggin' counts. We need to do it all, you know? Anyway, so my pretty low scale thing would be, I think I could run my radio if I had could strap something around my ankles so that when I was taking a walk, and they would provide, you know, a little bit of weight, too, which would be, you know, strengthening for my uh, legs and stuff. But it would be something like a gyro something that would actually, well, I was thinking of the wind-up radios. Uh-huh. So when I was walking, you know. You could generate then, generate some electricity. That I you could, could generate enough it. electricity to run my flipping radio for a couple of hours. You can certainly do that with, you know, things like bicycle generators and whatnot. Um, right. Uh, it's hard to imagine how the walk. motion how the motion of your walking would would 
generate enough power for that. Um, somebody although, could sync it up, though. Yep, you know, yep watches, somebody could. Self-winding watches. Mm-hmm. Although that's awfully low power. Watches can be, you know, yeah. milliwatts, whereas your radio is probably, you know, 15 watts or something like that. Yeah, um, if I could get three hours of radio in a reasonable day's walk, then that would just, that would be the math that would work for me. Uh, it, it, the, does your radio have a have a hand crank? It doesn't. Um, that That's certainly an option. The circular motion is much easier to generate power from than, than back and forth motions. Um, although... Yeah, but walking is kind of elliptical. Yeah. Um, but how would you uh, attach to a machine that... that got a circular motion out of your walking i don't know it would have to be i guess it would have to be like a rechargeable battery would be in there and it would be feeding this rechargeable battery (laughs) well they do have you ever seen one of the shake lights no Uh, or a little flashlight that you could bounce it up and down and uh although those were awfully low power they were always led lights um yeah um those little solar lucy lights are great yeah Oh, maybe maybe somebody out there has got got an idea along these lines. Anyway, or somebody could come up with one because I think there's something there's something to that. I know there's got to be something to that. I used to have one of those hand crank radios, but you really had to do a lot of cranking uh-huh. for very well, that, little time. That gives you an idea, um, yeah, of the challenge. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. Anyway, all right. That's my little brainstorm. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. We've got lots of people calling in to rescue me. That person didn't hang on long enough. Perhaps this one did. Hello, caller. You're live on the Renewable Energy Hour. Hello. Hello. Am I on the air? You're on the air. I love the show. I very rarely catch it, but it's a great, great community service. There's a lot of good questions already answered by other callers that come in. (laughs) I, I rely on my callers a lot. And I know you're short-staffed this week, so I, I, I just wanted to say I, I think you you might be on with the the way the renewable energy is going, but I do believe that with the, with the housing market today and how much people are needing housing and, and with, the, with the new laws of splitting properties and the granting that is allowing people to subdivide and, and, and start up a, a, a small home, that I think the solar energy community actually can benefit from that and that there's going to be a lot of extra income to those places providing those batteries and i you know what i live in a trailer i'm a little modular home you know you know trailer home and i love my batteries and i'm a little worried that i might be undercharging my batteries and if you can give me any information on how to right now i'm running my generator about one hour every one to two hours every 12 hours just to keep them topped off and they never get below 12.2 how 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 high do they get when you're done with the charge well you know when i first got them they were they were they were up up, up like 13 point something and i was worried my meter wasn't accurate or whatever else and i was figuring still you know with the overcharge and and i i always run a light or a fan for a little while till I get that the burn off of that overcharge and then check and, and usually when the solar's coming in with the little bit of sunlight I get nowadays, they, they stay pretty much at twelve point seven non stop. 
during the day with the with the solar. Yeah, you know, they they run really well. I, brand I, new I was, RV batteries. So I was curious what they what they came to when uh, when you stopped charging, like when the sun went down or or when you'd been running the generator at night. Um, I don't really run the. I, I get up at sun up. I go to bed at sundown. You know, and I run that generator in the morning when I get up for about an hour and push them up to about that thirteen point five, and 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 then I burn off a little bit, grinding yeah. my coffee, whatever I, else. They go down to twelve point six. Well, tw- tw- twelve point six is 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 pretty good for a cool battery. That that's pretty far. Yeah, it's been cold. Um, so. And and I wouldn't. Are they sealed batteries or can you add no, water they're, to they're them? Your typical. I wanted to go with the Interstate, but actually, I, I chose to go with the Napa uh, Marine RV battery. But you can take caps actually, off and add water to them. I haven't. I, I got them back around uh, Thanksgiving, and okay. I've been just running them since. And well, you, I haven't, I've been wanting sh- to peel into them, but I haven't. They've been doing so well. You, you should check out. that. You should check that. The, right. You don't want to expose the lead plates, and and you slowly lose water over time. But it sounds like you have not been charging them aggressively. So there probably hasn't been much water locks. Not um, enough charge is what I've been thinking. Right? Y- yeah. Um, Versus the overcharge. Yeah, so. the, you, yeah, and I wouldn't worry about burning off that excess charge. That's typical of the way batteries act when they've been charged quickly. They'll develop a surface charge that raises the voltage above normal. Um, what? I have and, the, and, different... and that'll soak Sorry. in. Yes, right. Exactly. And I have three different ways of measuring. I have, I have a... a a 12 volt auxiliary plug-in digital meter that goes from my auxiliary points in my in my in my trailer to my TV or whatever else, and I monitor from there. And then I have my idiot gauge light on my built-in trailer thing, and I also do my digital meter out at the batteries. Yeah, that's probably and, the most so, accurate. But and I, I do all three. Well, my digital meter at the batteries is actually really old and a bit spotty. But I do believe that you know the the, the best one is the one that's inside yeah. at my trailer. But I do know it's slightly off from my solar panel converter yeah. thing. You yeah. know, I have this little tiny thing that makes sure that the batteries are you know floating at the right level or whatever yeah. else when yeah. I'm actually getting solar. Yeah. So, and that's actually how I charge my cell phone. So, uh, well, to tell you the truth, we often uh, you know we'll charge a twelve volt battery bank up to. You know, fourteen and a half, fourteen point eight, even. Uh, right. While we're while we're charging. Uh, while so, you're charging. Yeah. So so I wouldn't be worried about your you know high thirteens as being an overcharge. No. No. Yeah. I was just wor- I, my biggest question is: Am I undercharging? Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, uh, so. But if you're never getting below twelve point two, and in a typical, it seems like they're, they're t- getting a little bit quicker draw. Like like like. That, that that the amount of amp hours that I used to have when they were brand spanking new is getting a little shorter and a little yeah, shorter, which yeah, I yeah. thought would get a little. Right. Well, I, I say I love my batteries. Uh, batteries are a big bonus. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure, it's a hard way to hold <laughs> off, power. But... Off the grid, you got no choice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I would I would consider uh, you know charging a little longer with the generator every now and then to make sure they hold that you know twelve point six twelve point seven. After the Good. generator has stopped and things have soaked in, 
Um, well, my, and, my my trailer manual says up to four hours of continuous, you know, before it you know switches over of its converter inverter thing up to four hours before it notices a difference. But I'm really trying to save on generator gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and generator wear and tear and whatnot. But uh, too. yeah. But if you're only if you're only going to twelve point seven with your solar, it must be an awfully small solar. Oh no, it is a tiny panel. Yeah. Yes, but it's really close, and you know, you know I don't get a lot of sun per day. But you know, I, I do know that when I when I test the panel, it, it puts out over like eighteen volts. Yeah, that that that's open yeah. circuit. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, not not surprising. You know, even in low light conditions, you'll see a panel's voltage be at that. Right. Um, but you also might look at you know a bigger solar panel. Um, if you, well, I was, yeah, if I, you I want to save on go with solar panels is my first thing. I was just worried. In my, in my, I got, I have, I have a spot for one and two batteries back at the factory, and I wanted to make sure I was keeping my batteries because the last time I listened to you guys' show with your partner, he talked about how batteries can last forever, more than our lifetime, as long as used right. You know, and I've been well, a long time, that, that, solar let, user. But lead acid batteries aren't going to do that for you, but. But they can well, they can last for, for a long time. But you know the for RV sure. Marine batteries I think of you know treated well is you know being three years or so. Hey, three to five years is more than I expect for for what I paid for. But I just didn't want to you know uh, ruin my warranty or anything else, and and and, and want to get the most out of them. And it's uh, you know. It's been a little while since I had anybody to talk to because of COVID and everything else. Bounce things off of friends and family and freaking. So you know, I used to tend some 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 batteries for other people, and it was it was a big ordeal. You know, making sure that they're even their generator was putting out the right amount of amps and wattage. Yeah, generators are are the the second biggest challenge to off grid people after the batteries. Right. And but, I have a small generator and a small trailer, so I'm just trying to make sure that I, you know, I'm keeping my two batteries as long as alive as I can. I do believe, and I thought that that I charge a little bit more, and I think you've. you've yeah, I, I would charge a little bit more if you can. Uh, yeah. But but you're not doing too bad if you're not going below twelve point two ever, and you're holding it twelve point seven most of the time. Right.
about the solar rights thing. The um, Solar Rights Alliance, I get a newsletter from them, and you can contact them at solarrights.org. And the last uh, email I got from them was last week, where they discussed uh, the Governor Newsom being asked about, like, uh, where he stood on the P, uh, the Public Utilities Commission's proposal to penalize people for choosing solar energy, and he said, "Blah blah blah, we have work to do and stuff." Uh, the The analysis was that the, he did publicly say that the current CPUC proposal is not acceptable, and. Um, but he has, didn't get specific about what changes he wants. So what the Solar Rights Alliance is calling for is for everyone to uh, call and write, and specifically toward govern, Governor Newsom right now. But how much, how much influence does Governor Newsom have? This is the California well, Public he, Utilities uh, Commission that makes this decision. I assume that... Um, I assume that the Solar Rights Alliance knows that they can't. Well, you can call and her, and discuss it with PG&E and the CPUC, of course, as well. But the Solar Alliance, for whatever reason, I assume they know. Uh, I assume they know why he's the place to to go because he can have um, he can ha- affect changes on the CPUC. PUC, yeah, I don't know he does appoint true. he does appoint people on it. Um, right. In any case, I have his phone number, and they're asking that he be called uh, frequently. Yeah. To, well, the, uh, the SolarRights dot org. Um, they have a, a you know scroll down on their home page, and they have uh, contact info for the governor and a and to sign a petition to the governor and. Flyers, right. flyers to distribute to your solar neighbors. Um, uh, yeah, he, give, well, give they, how to give. They a, have a phone number for his office and suggest you call it and leave a message. And I can give you that number if you want it. Sure, Just tell sure. him that you're against the proposed solar penalty fee and slashing the value of solar, uh, rooftop solar, and stuff like that. The, the directions, uh, you know, uh, suggestions on here. They also suggest that handwriting short letters to the governor and mailing it the old-fashioned way uh, is likely to be noticed because so few people do it that way. Right, right. That's true for um, your senators and representatives, too. Yes. So there's a... And also on this little site, they have a fact sheet on the proposed uh, CPUC's proposal. And... um, that's all I know. You can subscribe to the to well, this solarrights.org in order to get updates from yeah, them. I, um, one that looks to me perhaps even more pertinent than the governor is they have instructions on how to give comments to the CPUC directly, since they're the ones making so this what decision. what organization is that that, that that's, sol- that's solarrights.org. Oh, okay. Well, this particular mailing I got just is trying to highlight... Uh, uh, calling and getting and requesting the governor to do something for some reason. That's this particular mailing. I have other older ones that, yes, they had other suggestions. Anyway, that's what I know. I thought and, I'd just put it out there. And and uh, you can directly contact the governor's office at 
Exactly. Okay. <laughs> hey, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that person didn't hang on. We had full lines a second ago, and they're filling back up again. Hello, Collie. You're live on the air. Oh, hey, Doug. Hey, I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to get your Christmas Christmas music in there. <laughs> yeah. but, well, I got, I got part of no, one maybe. song a month ago, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I was glad to have all kinds of good calls. Yeah, good. Um, hey, this is Bruce in Little River. Hey, Bruce. And I wanted to chime in on NIM 3-2, um, the PUC thing. Um, I went down to San Francisco last week and was part of that rally in March um, at Civic Center, and we marched around up to the PUC or the state office building where the PUC was, and there was hundreds of people there, supposedly 1,200, and there were supposedly seven at the PUC in, in L.A. So pretty good showing, even though it didn't seem like the media picked up on it that well, as far as I could tell. Um, but, yeah, so the, the only update that I have, the information from, from CALSA, because I'm a, I'm a CALSA member, um, is that the latest thing was uh, the, the, the final decision was going to be January 27th, which is like next Friday or right, something. Right, right. We've now postponed it until at least February 10th. Oh, good. Um, good. More, yeah, don't more, know what that means exactly. More, but, um, more time it, for input. Uh, from both sides, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, more time to mobilize, you know, public opinion, which is good. Um, and in, you know, in the meantime, since the uh, the proposed decision or the preliminary decision in December, you know, that we've heard that the utilities have chimed in with, like, Instead of, you know, a 15-year, going to only a 15-year grandfathering, they're now talking about eight years because they say, oh, people can recoup their investment in solar in, in eight years, so so why grandfather longer than that, which, of course, is crazy. Um, the whole thing is. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, the previous caller <laughs> was great, and we had all the, all the actions that we still need to do to just keep flooding uh, Newsom. I, w- I was really disappointed that, um, you know, he released the the proposed budget for the state, had a press conference, and, and two reporters asked him about the NEM3 issue. And, and his responses were, like, noncommittal and, like, I'm not really, I haven't really been paying attention. Yeah, it needs work. Okay, <laughs> but what kind of work? And it's just really disappointing that he didn't make an impassioned, you know, statement about the need for, rooftop solar is part of the climate solution and the energy solution and everything else. So I'm a little bit upset with uh, yeah, the uh, Gavinator at this point. Well, and and beyond, you know, having already appointed the people he's appointed to the CPUC, what what input does he really have on this decision? You know, that I've never really understood what that is. It hasn't been clear to me from anything that I've heard what his actual input yeah, but is. But that, that's where most the of whole, the solar rights people are pushing people toward. And I'd, I'd, yeah. like, I'd like to steer people toward the solarrights.org website and go down to the Give Verbal Comment to the CPUC Instructions link. So you yeah. can talk directly to them. Right. Um, right, because they're the ones that ultimately vote. Right, know. right, although they're not elected, so I'm not sure how much they'll pay attention to we plebs. But, yeah. boy, it sure does sound disastrous. But I, I'm glad to hear a little more about the grandfathering, that at least it's uh, 
It's eight years of grandfathering. I thought they were retroactively de-grandfathering people on NEMS 2 and 1. Well, my, my understanding was that they're talking about um, even people that are on NEM 1 and 2 to limit their grandfathering to eight years, which means anybody that's installed less than eight years ago, or more than eight years ago, would immediately would automatically go okay. to NEM. Okay, that, that, yeah. that, that makes sense with what I heard, and, and that's disturbing. Yeah. That is disturbing when you were promised 20 years. Yeah, it sounds, it, it sounds like a breach of contract, outrageous. and 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 I think the other possible thing is, you know, the legislature did say that it had to be, you know, the net metering rules had to be financially attractive to put solar in, and seems and, like, and also that, yeah, solar this, installation, the the industry needs to be sustainable or something to that effect. I don't know how they define that, or you know. Yeah. Put that in their deliberations, but yeah, it's, the, it's, the mandate is there. It seems like there could be a suit just on the basis of that. Although, of course, there'd be a year of yeah. uh, of ambiguity. And yeah, just like what happened in Nevada, I think it was two years there or something yeah. before it got all reinstated. Yeah, and and everybody so anyway, everybody yeah. went out of business in the meanwhile. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so thank- everybody. Um, do those actions and yeah, call you, the, the PUC itself. Yep. Yep. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey. Bye bye. Take care. Eight nine five two four four eight. Maybe we can talk some troubleshooting and uh, breathe a little, a little uh, to get rid of our anger at the utilities pushing to basically end rooftop solar on the grid or maybe everybody goes off grid that's that's another possibility that's been pushed around out there uh i gather that these these fees and of course the reduced net metering rates uh would not apply to you if you're not net metering and are still on the grid so some people are looking at installing batteries and Charging with their solar in the morning and the daytime and using off the batteries in, into the evening at the higher rates and then sipping from the grid overnight when they're not using much and never selling back to the grid. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hey, I was thinking about this whole thing with the PUC also, and um, I was wondering if this change in policy might be a big uh, boost uh, for people with plug-in hybrid or uh, electric cars and if there might be a possibility of using your car on board battery as a backup storage um that, in in some way it it is there there are you know pros and cons there you don't uh yeah. i mean if you use too much out of your gas tank so to speak to run your house you may not get to work the next day um yeah. and for a lot of people that's that's a hard fit uh, some of them are easier than others to to integrate with your home power system. Um, they, there are certainly inverters that can be bought to, that could run off of the car and integrate with the house. Um, hell, the 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 F one fifty Lightning that's coming out soon uh, has built in inverters and and can do that. You know, off the off the dealer's parking lot. Um, oh no, kidding! Yeah. So you can do a two twenty to two twenty connection from your house to the car, uh, and well, from the car to the house. Yeah, car to the house. 
cool. Uh-huh. Um, and I was also wondering how um, if this might make uh, something like the Tesla walls more attractive or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about. Is you know there there will probably be a boost in in battery based grid tied solar. Um, although I'm I'm not a huge fan of the the Tesla battery bank, but uh, uh, yeah, I'd I'd rather see other chemistries than than what he uses. Uh, his his are specifically the lightest battery, but they still contain a fair amount of cobalt. And there's there's some social issues and environmental issues with the cobalt. Um, and and to some degree, is that the case for the Powerwall? Yes, the Powerwall is is basically the same chemistry used in his cars. Gotcha. Um, and and they don't seem to play well with with other neighbors. Um, you know, you pretty much have to buy an entire system of their equipment. Um, yeah, that's that's true. You uh, can't mix and match. And and last and I heard, although I, I hope to God they've changed this, it didn't integrate with a backup generator. Hmm. I don't know about that one. Uh, um, I do know that um, um, they have attractive financing, which sometimes tips the balance. Yep, yep. Because it's an expensive type of battery. It is a fairly expensive type of battery. So financing yeah. would be attractive. Got one and screwed to his wall with the panels on the roof. Well, PG&E may find itself with uh, without a lot of customers if they all basically pull the plug on the grid. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for the okay, call. Okay, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Somebody didn't hang on long enough, uh, or or Peck Bell cut him off for too many rings. Hello, caller, you're live on the air. Hey, thanks for the show. Love you guys. Hey, thank you. Cool. Do you okay? Uh, yeah, a little bit of fuzz, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I'm out now. Yeah, meadow, and it's foggy, and the full moon's coming up soon. Um, I wasn't sure if you were aware of this, um, but the mill site in Fort Bragg, are you familiar with what's going on over there? Uh, not specific to renewable energy. What's, what's up? Yeah, well, I'm wondering how we could use renewable energy on the mill site. Um, the skunk train just bought the mill site from Georgia Pacific for $1.2 million. That went through? Well, I think it's in the process, yeah. and it's 300-some acres, and there's a group in the community trying to get the city to declare eminent domain to take that land back and put it to good use instead of making it some kind of Knott's Berry Farm theme park. And there's toxins on the site that need to be cleaned up. So I see, like, bioremediation, I see renewable energy, I see ecological restoration, I see community land trust, possible community housing situations. I'm just wondering where renewable energy might fit into that, if solar is appropriate for that location. or what. Yeah, uh, people, an awful lot of people think that people on the coast can't do solar because of the fog, and that's just plain not true. Uh, Fort Bragg gets 98% as much annual solar energy as Sacramento. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I remember uh, being thankful hearing, uh, hearing one of my fellow programmers uh, during... Uh, pitch week uh with a little stitch about how she couldn't do solar because she was on the on the coast and and actually it turns out that people on the coast in the early morning hours and late afternoon hours are often outperforming people with no fog at all 
they do less when there's fog in the middle of the day, but but the two kind of balance each other out pretty well. How does that work? That there's we're doing better off in the mornings and late afternoons. Well, because the the geometry with clear sky sun, if you've got a south facing solar array, which is pretty typical, it doesn't have to be. That was another thing she said. You know, you can be east or west and and still get you know eighty four percent as much solar energy per day. But if you're a south facing solar panel and the sun is low to the east. The sun is basically traveling parallel to your solar panel, and you'll only be putting out, you know, 5% of what you will be in the middle of the day. Um, and the the fogged-in region, you know, at noon might be doing 50% of what the unfogged people would be doing in the middle of the day. But at 9 in the morning, they're also doing 50%, which is, you know, 10 times better than the guy with no fog. Huh. So what I'm curious, like, what do you think a town like Fort Bragg with 7,500 people or so, how many acres of panels would it take to oh. power the, well, to power uh, the whole town? It, uh, in terms of kilowatt hours, I could crunch those numbers fairly easily. The bigger challenge is the timing. Um, a gas generator can crank up and crank down as demand varies, whereas solar cranks up and cranks down according to right, right. the weather and the sun. And so the the big expense with, you know, powering a town like Fort Bragg would be in the batteries more than in the solar panels. Well, do you think it would make sense to explore solar as an option for the mill site to at least plug into the grid or provide yeah, and 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 reduce the the carbon footprint of the town as a whole for sure and yeah. and perhaps uh, you know provide power to at least a small microgrid of batteries that would keep you know fire department, hospital, and police online during extended power outages. That's certainly easily doable, although still expensive. Right, but with with uh, the climate change situation unfolding and, and possible subsidies and support for that from state and federal and possible local governments, it might be feasible that we could put some solar on the mill site. It's um, cer- certainly doable. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you. It's good news. Sure enough. Uh, any alternative. Any, any alternative. alternative. To what they're, what they're <laughs> you, suggesting. You don't want the skunk train, huh? Well, I love this country, and they're wonderful people, but they, they don't have the resources to clean up the toxic site. Well, yeah, that, that's the bigger issue, and I think that needs to still be laid on on Georgia Pacific. Was that the, the original owner? Yeah, but you know what? They have enough money and resources to wage war for the next hundred years, yeah. and it's time that our community just take the land back, and no one's going to clean it up as good as our community will because we live here and we care about oh, yeah. it, and we're not going to go out there in hazmat suits, but we got to find alternative ways because 50 years later, Georgia Pacific's not doing anything with the site, you know? Mm-hmm. It's time that we, we don't hand it off to someone else who's... Not going to be able to do anything to do it. Yeah, yeah we yeah. need. This is important. People have had cancers and birth defects in the community, and the idea of alternative energy out there, some remediation. It could be a beautiful thing to have this land in the commons, taking care of our community, um, and doing something positive rather than just feeding a tourist industry, which is taking away our housing through Airbnbs and all these other things. You know, it's not sustainable. So yeah. we need to be thinking differently. So thank you so much. Hey, for the, you're welcome. The you're welcome. I'd Take love care. to see a big solar field there. Awesome. All right. Talk about it more in the future. All right. (laughs) Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Open lines for the moment eight nine five two four four eight.
um, any topic related to renewable energy. It doesn't have to be on uh, the current California Public Utility Commission, but that's that's a key one right now. They're they're they put off their vote. It's not next week like I thought it was. It's in February. I forgot what date Bruce said that they're taking that vote, but. Pretty much everybody in the industry says that will be a deal breaker for residential and commercial rooftop grid tied solar. Uh, and it just doesn't seem like that's an option right now. We need more solar, not less. And I worry that the utilities have too much lobbying power with them. Hello, Carla. You're live on the Renewable Energy Hour. Yes. Hi, Douglas. It's Johanna. Hey, Johanna. Um, I have a great, um, great discussion about the, how, what kind of unintended consequences this PUC potential rule on on trying to drive out rooftop solar could have, as far as you know, getting people to become more independent of the of the grid, mm-hmm. which of course would be a really <laughs> Would be a really desirable. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no. I think no? it's far more environmentally friendly, far lower carbon footprint. If people could continue to do net metering without batteries. But what about energy independence, and what about power outages and things like that? It, 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 the power outages. Uh, a a backup generator is a lower carbon footprint than a battery bank. Okay, but you know, if every, if everybody runs their backup generator, I you know, what do you think that would do? Uh, for 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 forty eight hours a year or something? Well, it's not not as bad as not as bad as the manufacturer of the batteries. So you don't think you don't think microgrid uh, uh, that that use you know good battery technology, non cobalt battery technology would eventually in the long run be better also in terms of who you know who owns it and who yeah i do i do especially if the prices come down uh, and it's more viable um but uh especially you know critical service critical infrastructure microgrids make huge sense to me and 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 there are other there are other possible storage mechanisms um besides you know lithium ion batteries um they're not as efficient but perhaps with a radically smaller carbon footprint they might be better um one thing that blows me away that people aren't doing is that a whole lot of these big commercial solar power plants are wasting a huge fraction of their power by what we call clipping and by having to go offline because there's not a need at the moment. Um, and and those guys should all be making hydrogen. Who cares about mm-hmm. the inefficiency if you were throwing it away in the first place and then taking the hydrogen and firing it up in basically you know, like a gas turbine generator and and generating power you know at night and, and during the evening peak um there's yeah. and, and alex alex wants to get a guest on on how to store power in uh in you know basically lifting weights up and generating power as the weights lower back down uh and not not as efficient as as the battery, but certainly a lot lower environmental impact to mine the minerals and chemicals and and 
refine them and manufacture them. But uh, but it, 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 there are lots of potential ways to do microgrids and do storage, um, and and you know we'll see how it goes. It looks like there are more and more potential ways to get the lithium, which has been in the news a lot. Uh, but to me, nowhere near as catastrophic as as the cobalt that that the Powerwall uses from Tesla. This is actually initially why I wanted to call in and ask you, because you had mentioned, you know, you could use the car battery if you had an electric car. I mean, it would make sense as a household, you know, if you didn't have to have two sets of batteries. You know, the car battery is expensive enough when you buy an electric car. Mm-hmm. You know, why why buy two batteries? Why not try to figure out how to set yourself up? you know, so that you can make use of that one battery that travels around in your car anyway. Well, they'll last longer, for one. Uh, for two, you won't you won't be out of fuel in your electric vehicle when you need to drive to work. Well, but what you mentioned is you could you could uh, sip from the from the car battery, like when you get home, you know, and then overnight you could you could maybe connect use the cheap nighttime energy Uh, but the nighttime energy is not as cheap as it used to be since solar's done so well we've radically reduced the daytime price and and right now the biggest challenge is the evening Mm -hmm. but but late late at night the price is still cheap but that's because we've still got a lot of fossil fuel generators online right right and Um, rather than hydrogen storage somewhere right right I'd love okay. to. I'd love to see all these big, mega utility scale solar plants do uh, do hydrogen manufacture with their excess solar. Speaking of hydrogen manufacture, there are some interesting activities. There's a couple of mine owners in Australia that are transitioning their whole operation from mining coal to actually using solar to produce hydrogen and ship it out, and they can use their existing infrastructure. The whole mining infrastructure, you know, they have the land for the solar panels. They have the rail right away. They have, they have, you know, the, the the railroad cars and all that stuff. So they're they're transitioning their whole infrastructure towards manufacturing and, and shipping out and selling hydrogen instead of coal. Yet there's a similar phenomenon there in the oil industry that uh, an awful lot of uh, the technology for drilling oil wells can also be applied to geothermal. Yeah. And so people are moving from the oil industry with those skills into the geothermal industry. So, yeah. Exciting stuff. We can be creative. All right. Thanks, Johanna. Take care. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. um, I have a couple questions for you guys. Um, what do you know about macro hydro? Mm-hmm. Like, um, we got a good ridge line and a bunch of ponds in Anderson Valley. Um, talk about uh, storing energy for later. Why not pump the water uphill when we got the sun during the day? If, if you've got excess, if you've got excess solar power, that's not an unreasonable thing to do. I think you meant micro hydro. Yeah, I'm sorry. As uh-huh. were. Yeah, That's small, right. small hydro. Um, right. And, and there's certainly manufacturers of micro hydro turbines, um, and you can pump water up. Uh, it's not as efficient as storage in a battery, but uh, uh, you know, right. it's it, a zero zero impact. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I wouldn't say zero. You got to manufacture yeah, the yeah, hydro yeah. turbine and the pumps and right. the solar panels, but uh, but as more and more of that gets done with green energy, then uh, it becomes a smaller and smaller footprint. Um, that that actually is done. Um, and has been for years, uh, particularly near, uh, uh, you know, it happened a lot, I think, in the Tennessee Valley Authority, where right. they where they had right. lots of reservoirs, big reservoirs with hydroelectric plants already installed, and they also had a number of nuclear power plants. And the nuclear power plant cost just as much to run at 20% capacity as it did at 80% capacity, yeah, right. and so they would they would just keep the... The power plant putting out juice when nobody needed it and run pumps to pump water back up into the reservoir and use that to peak shave during high demand times right. on the grid. Uh, and or emergency times when they needed it, they could just yeah. switch the valve yeah. on. It's, right. it's doable, uh, but it's not as efficient as batteries. Just a heads up on that front. Okay. All right. And then the second question I had for you guys is um, do you, are you familiar with the Goal Zero? Um, uh, lithium-ion uh, generator? Um, I know Go Zero with their little portable solar panels and stuff. I, I'm not familiar with their little lithium-ion generator. So, that sounds like right. a battery bank, not a generator. but No, it's, a, it's actually a generator with an inverter, like uh, what, what yeah, it's a, it hooks it, up to my solar, and then I can you know plug my trailer into yeah. well, to me. My, my little generator. Yeah, to me, the generator is your solar, not the thing they're calling yeah, a generator. Right. Fair enough. Um, okay, so um, I have an expansion pack that um, is a sealed AGM battery, and I want to daisy-chain it to my domestic battery for my trailer. Um, I have a male EC8 uh, to ring terminal adapter, right, that would marry my... Uh, domestic mm. battery to my sealed AGM battery, and then the extension cord as well. Um, the thing is, is it come it came with this 80 amp fuse, and I'm not sure where I should install the 80 amp fuse at. Oh, Do you have any yeah, idea? Yeah. I'm I'm nervous about mixing two different battery types in the same battery bank. Right, right. Um, is there a reason? Yeah, lots of reasons. Um, are, okay. are they the same ratings? Are they charged to the same voltages? Um, I believe that my sealed AGM is is 12 volt, and the same with my domestic battery. Uh, do you know what their amp, what their amp hour ratings? Well, I guess they're in parallel, so it's not as critical. Are are your domestic batteries? Do you have to put water in those? No, 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 no. It, it's a it's a 2020 trailer, so it's it's just like a regular car battery. It's a 12 volt lead acid battery, um, but ma- maintenance free. Yes, right. Um, uh, so your your charging voltages are probably similar, and since they're all in parallel, I don't have the worries about amp hour ratings not being exactly the same. Uh, but it always makes me nervous when you mix different different types of batteries in the same battery bank um the fuse uh for your battery uh it should probably go between you know your new battery and the old battery is if that's how if that's how it's getting its charge is through the old battery system yeah right right because right now i have it hooked up to shore energy and what i'd like to do is 
um, while I have a converter on, I'd like to be able to charge, you know, the whole entire battery bank, right? And my my sealed AGM uh, Yeti tank, because it's, it's called a Gold Zero Yeti, is my, like, um, inverter. And then I have a sealed AGM battery that, like, piggybacks to the um, actual power unit itself. So that's inside. So I, I also wanted to know, do I have to worry about any type of, like, off-gassing from the sealed no, AGM battery? No, no, no. Not, not as long as you're, you're uh, in what the RV industry calls a converter i call a battery charger uh, mm-hmm. as long okay. as as long as that's not taking it up you know higher than say 14.0 volts you're you're not going to be gassing and yeah, if you, and if you do gas an agm battery you ruin it right right you see the, the cool thing about the agm battery is it hooks up to this goal zero yeti so it, it's all it talks to each other so i it's kind of plug and play and i don't have to worry about it so it's neat stuff. If you want to look at Goal Zero, they got a lot more than just like those little uh, mini tote things. And if yeah. you guys could get into some of that stuff, it's kind of more um, uh, viable to like that, what that one guy was talking about earlier with his uh, small uh, solar panel and his battery conundrums. So I'll have to check it out. All right, cool, man. Thanks a lot for the program. Appreciate sure enough. You guys. Take care. Oops, somebody just dropped off the line, called back. Oh, there they are already, or someone else. Hello, Collier, you're live on the air. We've got a few minutes left. Oh, yeah, it's always nice to be alive. Um, <laughs> uh, David calling from Willits, and I, I'm a frequent caller, so I waited, but I was uh, a couple of terms that came to mind here. One of them was uh, zero carbon or zero emissions, and I like what NASA did years ago. They stopped calling zero gravity zero g uh micro microgravity microgravity okay so yeah, micro kind of, emissions yeah i think it, it, it's more it's honest a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing i think it needs to be redescribed well one of the reasons uh, nasa changed the name is there's virtually as much gravity in in orbit around the earth as there is at earth's surface yeah well so, and the reason the re- uh, it feels like there's no gravity because that's what an orbit is. You're constantly falling without getting any closer. Yeah, it's a sensation. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to getting Alex back and uh, getting his guest on. I will be all ears. Yeah. All right. Here, here, here about the the gravitational potential energy storage. Well, why not? I'm going to be all ears. All right. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick. Um, let's see. Um, talking about nature's battery. Uh, another one is not only books and maps and newspapers and posters, but uh, maps, I think, are really cool. Uh, nature's, you can unfold this giant map much bigger than your electronic device and, and be able to study it. My very favorite map is, is a, a spherical shape, a globe. A globe. Yeah, I take mine out of the little twisty, <laughs> spinny thing and put it on my lap. Now, and now how are these batteries? They are... They store information. Ah, store information, not energy. I see. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, that that makes it nature's better. Uh, another really quick one. I, I thought you were you were putting in a plug for uh, for biomass for wood. Uh, I've I've done a share my share of that for sure. <laughs> that yeah. to me that is nature's battery. Cellulose is. I mean, it really is. It does store it, and you uh, you get it back. It's it's. Uh, it never ceases to amaze me. It's very soothing and radiant. Uh, it's 
therapeutic heat. And, and, so. and ultimately still solar. Yeah, and here's another, uh, real quick, uh, uh, a quiz here is, what happens when nature's battery becomes a nuisance? Uh, well, that would be in the summertime and, and fall when our structures, our homes heat up and our homes store that energy from uh-huh. from the heat and become a nuisance and how we deal with that. So that might be a great topic in the show. To yeah, come. it's been quite a few years since we've done a passive solar Yeah, uh, show. I'm all for shade on the west side of the house because it's, you don't get it much in the winter. And and, 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 oh, and a little bit of overhang on your south-facing windows. Uh, adjustable. I, it's not passive. But I think it needs to be somewhat active. Oh, somewhat active. All right. All right. Well, thanks for the suggestions. Good night. Good night. All right. We're coming down to the wire. We still got a few callers out there, but I'm afraid we we wouldn't have enough time to do you justice. So I'm going to be saying my saying my goodbyes. Perhaps another plug for people to go to solarrights.org and put some pressure on the California Public Utility Commission not to make the changes they're proposing that Pretty much everybody I talk to thinks we'll kill the solar industry in California, except for the huge utility-scale ones. Um, and coming right up is Wild Rose Native Plant Spot, and right after that's Radiogram. Jamie Roberts is ready to go, all queued up. And uh, and hopefully Alex will be back. He's, he's well on the mend. It's just his voice that's still shot um, tonight. How do I drop that? There we go. Uh, and so hopefully he'll be back in two weeks and maybe even have our guest on uh, on gravitational potential energy batteries. In the meanwhile, stay tuned. Good programming coming up. You're listening to KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Good night, everybody. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.